Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in, listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. All right. Stand up. Welcome all of you watching online. Hold your Bibles up high. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. And I boldly confess, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. And I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe seated. We are in a series entitled Fruitful Living, and the harvest begins with honor. And we're using the story of Jabez every week just to kind of remind us of a very brief story in the Bible that has made a great impact throughout time. Uh, we find the story of Jabez to be rather interesting because of the pain that is referenced in First Chronicles chapter 4, if you want to turn there. And the challenge in modern-day Christianity, I believe, which I, I love modern-day Christianity. I love the fact that, that we are uh, aware of God, mature uh, in ways that we've never been. And that there is a greater understanding, if you will, of the Word of God because we are growing in the Word. The challenge is that sometimes the older we get in God, the more mature we get in God... There is a, a sense of formula, I guess is the best way to put it. In other words, we create a prayer formula or we create a, a lifestyle formula that, that has worked and that should work. Uh, the Bible is very clear, whatever, whatsoever things you ask in my name, I'll do it, Jesus said. And so we know that if we ask, we're going to receive. We believe that and we should. And oftentimes... In a moment of, I don't know why God does this, but sometimes God answers quickly. Sometimes he's as slow as molasses. And I don't, I don't understand it because you, you did all the, the same things. You said all the same things. You did all the right things. And yet you find yourself in sorrow and pain. So he had this, this is how he's known. And sometimes we, we stop in the middle of the pain instead of, pressing through the pain and I wouldn't suggest that we rush through but that we press through there's a difference you know rushing means I want to get this over with press means I'm here until it's over and Jabez finds himself in such a place where he's asking God and God does answer quickly but what I want to propose today is that there are things awaiting us that God is preparing us for that which is prepared for us or that which awaits us. So there is a prize, if you will, inside your pain. Some of you right now, I'm just going to let that marinate a moment. There's a prize inside your pain. There is a positive outcome. Uh, my precious wife is going to have to go to surgery again. She probably, she's not, she's out running right now, so I can talk when she's not here. 
But the doctor said it's going to take six weeks to three months to, for you to recover, but it's going to take six months of, of rehab and physical therapy. I this is that she won't feel pain anymore afterwards. But she's got to go through it to get to it. And man, we've had conversation. The first surgery was scheduled and we began to discuss the, all the graduation of her son and all the things. And we're like, we can't do it there because we've got this. And so right now, uh, there's this recurring pain and inside her process. And it would be somewhat easy, and this is some of you who've been through pain realize this, that eventually you, you just begin to compensate. And the, and the pain seems less, but in reality, it still exists. You just get used to it. Yeah. And you start using your other hip or other leg, in her case, the leg. Think, I'm getting there. But the reality is, the pain is there. You've just gotten used to the pain. Yeah. I'm not telling us to get used to the pain, be aware of the pain, and realize that there is a prize on the other side or inside that that you may have to work to get to. How many of you ever remember Cracker Jacks? That was a treat for us. Now, I just so happened to kind of like the contents. I kind of liked the Cracker Jacks, but there were people... Who didn't like it, but they knew there was a prize inside. When you're in the midst of looking for something maybe you don't like, or maybe you do like it, and there's still a prize inside. And I remember digging for it, 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 it couldn't have been worth half a penny. But that, it, that, that prize just kind of, it kind of said, Mom, I want Cracker Jacks. It was a brilliant concept, marketing concept. We like our product, but we know that Americans like prizes. Jabez must have had this revelation long before Cracker Jacks. There is a prize inside my pain, and I'm going to talk to God about it. And sometimes in the midst of our pain, we don't talk to God. We don't pray. We criticize God. Why am I going through this? This is more, you said as a Christian, and we go down the list. Sometimes... The pain that we're experiencing, not caused by God, but God uses it to strengthen us so that we can expand in our lives. So that's what I want to talk about today is the expansion or enlargement of life, living large, if you will. So 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, this is one translation that reads, There was a man named Jabez who was respected more than his brother's. His mother named him Jabez because she said, I was in much pain when I gave birth to him. Jabez prayed to the God of Israel, please do things for me and give me more land. Stay with me and don't let anyone hurt me. Then I won't have any pain. And God did what Jabez had asked. One translation says, and enlarge... My territory. Anytime we begin to think in terms of expansion, enlargement, there will always be resistance. And there is always pain 
in the midst of the growth. All you've got to do is ask a business owner. They want to grow, but it takes faith, it takes money, it takes manpower, it takes hours, it takes time, it takes effort, it takes all of these things to get on the other side. And we have to trust God. I say have to, we get to. Just last week, and uh, was told of a story of one of our very faithful, I've known this lady forever, and telling me about uh, a story in her office where she was falsely accused and she was being an incredible pain. And this lady is probably one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met, smile on her face, never seen, uh, I've never seen her have a bad day, I'm sure she has, but she's never allowed it to uh, affect everybody else in her world. How many of you know some people have a bad day and they want everybody to have it with them? Well, she went through this alone, and long story short, not pushing back, uh, not resisting, just praying in tears. And the lady that was giving her a hard time is not even a believer. And so it would be easy to explain, I'm really not a pain, that's myself, and sometimes that's what happens. And Jabez could have said, let me explain, I'm really not a pain, that's my mama's problem. I had nothing to do with being born. And he could, have, he could have taken on an offense because his name, his experience is all circling around this one thought of you're a man of sorrow and you're a man of pain. And we allow what happens to others or that involves us to oftentimes uh, direct our response to life. But Jabez immediately there's not a lot of fluff in this verse. I mean, right after uh, the pain scripture, it says Jabez prayed to the God of Israel. It doesn't say he whined, he complained, he prayed. The lady I'm referencing, it wasn't just but a matter of time before the lady who's not even saved came and apologized to her. Now, let me say this. When you experience a victory, typically... The greater the pain that you had to go through, the greater the challenge, the greater the resistance, the greater the victory. So sometimes when you're experiencing incredible pain, God is really preparing you to enlarge your life. So those of you in pain today, I want to encourage you in the midst of your pain, keep digging for the prize. Because there is a prize inside the pain. But what do we most, most of the times do when we have pain? Ow! Whoa! Ah! Yeah. Yeah. Screaming, hurting, crying out. That's how come my wife's going to kill me if any of you tell her I talked about her. <laughs> I don't want anybody to know. Think, well, I'm a preacher. Everybody's going to know. It's what we do. We tell our stories. Because sometimes we look at people and we think, Mm. 9.30 got it together. <laughs> There'll be some people at 11 think they do, I promise you, but ain't none of us got it together. Hallelujah. There ain't one person in here today that ain't having some pain going on. Because we, we wear our Sunday faces. Hi, brother. Hi, sister. Mm. How's everything? It's just wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. 
And we put it on, baby. We put it on. And I'm not saying that we should come and, and just air our pain to everybody. But the reality is sometimes somebody asked me this morning before service, how was your week? I said, it's the worst week I've had in four years. I don't think they expected that. Now, I smiled when I said it. Because it's just, it was just a worry. I know God's going get, to get me through whatever it is I got to go through. But I got to tell you, I'm not lying anymore. I look, I just smile, say it was worse, but I know God's bigger. Because charismatics used to not be able to say that. Oh, don't you have a negative confession? When I worked for a big church one time, they, you never called in sick, you called in challenged. And I went, I'm not challenged. I got a 103 degree temperature. That's sick. So I, I like being realistic because if I'm realistic and, and once I get through it, then God gets glory. I don't want to reduce the glory of God by saying everything's great when it's not great. I want to be able to say, you know, right now I'm challenged. Right now I'm sick or right now I'm going through something. That's not negative. Jesus said in the world, you have tribulation, take courage, I've overcome the world. Jesus wasn't being negative. He said, I'm just bigger than the tribulation. And he's bigger than your tribulation. He's bigger than your pain. He's bigger than your difficulty. But you've got to stay in it. You've got to stay in it. And to quit ministry for 40 years. People, I stand up every week. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to preach positive. I'm going to stay happy, all that. But, folks, that doesn't mean I'm not going through something. It just means I've learned how to go through it with a smile. Pain's not less. The smile just gets bigger. Because I'm going to let my smile be greater than my pain. That's all I'm encouraging you to do is just look at it and say, there's a prize in here somewhere. You know, I've told this story for years and years. It's still one of my favorite stories. I'm going to tell it again. Some of you all have heard it. But Joel tells his stories over and over. I've heard it. I'm telling you every other week. But it never stops blessing me. When you have the two twin sons, they were born, mom and dad. uh, One of them was real positive. The other was real negative. They were real concerned as they grew up together that that uh, the son who was negative was going to constantly see himself in a bad light as compared to the son who was positive. And, and so they went to a psychiatrist and they said, we need help. We, we're afraid our two kids are going to grow up and one of them is going to kill himself or do something crazy because he's just always negative. And, and our other one's so optimistic, he just can't, you know, if, if it's raining outside, he, he just thinks it's a good time to go swim. I mean, he's just always thinking good things. So the psychiatrist said, well, we're going to put them in two separate rooms. And... and uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to analyze their personalities by putting them in two separate rooms with, with different things in those rooms. And let's see how they respond. So the, the negative son, they, they, put him, uh, they put him in a room. And it was just filled with all kinds of wonderful toys and playthings and, and, and sweets and everything you could imagine just, just to get him happy. And so they're looking through this one-way glass and they're watching him. And he's, nothing's happening. He's sitting in there and he's just like he always was, just kind of looking around. They thought, well, let's go see how the positive son's doing. So they go and they look through the one way, thinking, well, he had put him in a room that was just full of horse manure. Thinking, well, he's going to say, why didn't I get anything? You know, what's, what's up with this? And instead, when they walked, looked through the glass, he, I mean, there's manure flying everywhere. And he's in the middle of it. It's all over him. He's digging. And they're freaked out going, who gets in manure and starts digging? So they opened the door in a panic and said, what are you doing? He said, well, with this much manure, there's bound to be a pony in here somewhere. There's a prize in your manure. 
I'm being as polite as I can at 11. This could go off the track. Because life stinks. Sometimes it's a challenge. And if we're not careful, rather than digging through the pain and the stink and the stench, we sit on the floor wondering what life's all about. Well, let me just say this to you. You're going to have challenges in life. And because of those challenges, you're going to be a better person than you ever thought you could be. You're going to become who God wants you to become. I'm telling you, all we have to do is look at the lives of all the biblical heroes. And let me tell you, they were falsely accused. They were sought after. Uh, you, you know, you, you go back to David and Jonathan and Saul wanting to kill David. You take Jesus who did nothing but good and they crucify him. You take Stephen who stood up for God and, and, and he's stoned to death. And I mean, you just go through the Bible and you just see all these people. You don't think there was pain. If you want to be a follower of Christ and you want to see great things in your life, you just need to learn when it's painful to smile and go, this ain't going to last that long. And you know what? As long as it lasts, I will outlast it. That's just how we have to look at it. So in order to expand and enlarge, you have to realize that things are going to have to, uh, you're going to have to deal with some restrictions and resistance and things that would try to hold you back. Some of you have been told you don't have enough education to get a good job. I tend to differ with that. I believe that God orders the footsteps of the righteous and your good job awaits you. All you got to do is find it. Because God is not limited by your education, but he is limited by your faith and disobedience. If you don't have faith and you walk in disobedience, that will limit God. But if you will believe God, and stand firm, you'll get on the other side of what people have told you you can't get on the other side of. Isaiah 54 says, Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. All of those things, with everything in me, there was more to the name it and claim it than there really is. Now, when I say name it and claim it, that was what the, the, the derogatory uh, tag that was put on charismatics in the late 70s, early 80s. Because prior to that, uh, prayers uh, by religious folks were really begging God. It really was just kind of a crapshoot, if you will. Hopefully God will do something. We're going to pray, but we don't believe it. And I do believe in staying positive. I do believe in declaring what the Bible says. I think that's very important. But we cannot negate the fact that in the world there's tribulation. So what happens is the demonic ploy is to pull you away from God. That pain is to extract you, to cut you off, and to remove you from believing that God is in the midst of the pain with you just like he was when Jesus was on the cross. In Jesus' pain, he didn't cry out, why me? He cried out to God, Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That's how you get through your pain. God, somebody's causing me pain. God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I'm thinking, sure they do. They're killing the son of God. Jesus said, no, they they don't know that. I've told them. They didn't get it. So he stayed the course. What I'm saying to you is expansion is before you. Expansion is before us. But we have to stay the course. Don't abandon your post. People run in their jobs. You'll never, don't flee when you want to flee. 
I've talked to numerous people that were told in their jobs, you'll never go further than this. And, and, and they decided, you know what? You're telling me I can't. God's telling me I can, so I'm staying. Amen. Promotion may be inside where you're at. Notice I said feeling rejected. Feel is valid. It's real to me. But sometimes what I feel is not true. There are times I felt like somebody didn't like me. I had no facts to support that, but it felt like it. Because they weren't flowery when they came in. They didn't hug my neck or something. And the reality is I made their bad day my excuse. They were just having a bad day. They loved me. Everybody that I come in contact with loves me. I know what you're thinking. You're so confused right now. I get to believe that whether it's true or not. You see what I'm saying? If, if I go around feeling like there are people who don't, then I'm going to live my life in the shadows of those who don't. So say, well, you know, God loves me. Everybody loves me. They just not know it yet. They just don't know it. They don't know how to show it if they don't know it. You say, well, that's egotistical. No, that's what I call faith. Why? Because I don't want to live my whole life in the mully grubs. That's probably a very hill word. So I'm going to talk to us today about soul expansion. Soul expansion. I believe before we see any expansion in our lives outside, whether that be relational expansion, having more friends, having more people that care, financial expansion, uh, any expansion in business, our soul has to get bigger. Sometimes we want things outside to get bigger, and if they do, it would crush us. I, I remember when I got my first church building, I had never, uh, I'd never owned a, a building outside of the house I lived in. And the house I lived in that I owned, I had only owned it a short while. I didn't even own a home until I was in my 30s. Uh, my first ministry job paid me $16,000 a year. That's what I said. I was quiet. And so when I got my first building, which was uh, a little bitty church building, Assembly of God building, used to own it, and this Assembly of God still owned it. And the pastor who was there had about 20 people, was resigning. And, and uh, he and I met, and he, he wanted out of ministry. He had another business in his home. Give you the building, and they, the debt on it was 66000 which is less than most people's home. And I remember when I first got that building, uh, going, laying my head down at night going, there's nobody there to protect my building. You know, and that was, that was in the 90s when you didn't have a lot of security stuff. And I, I would lose sleep at night hoping that nobody would break into our church. Because the church I'd been on staff at before as a youth pastor, the senior pastor was out of the country. I was next in charge. And I get a call in the morning that somebody had broken into our church in South Texas. And so he's gone, and i got to navigate this. So when I get my first building, guess what hits me? The fear that somebody's going to break into my building. So God was preparing me to have buildings. i never forget, I get a call at 2 in the morning another time. Somebody was on top of one of my buildings stealing copper. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, sometimes you look at churches and ministers and you think everybody's, everybody's uh, if it's a church, nobody's going to touch it. Let me just tell you something. 
There are people who don't fear God nor fear church. They just know I see. Look, Jesus, bless me. There's a purse that's unattended. That's like somebody giving you the wrong change at a drive-thru and you're praising God. And somebody getting fired. That's when you go back and say you gave me too much money. You see what I'm saying? And so we have to realize that God is gradually moving us to handle more, to enlarge. But we have to expand our soul to trust him. There are, there are people that, you know, start out, they get a revelation of tithing when they're making $1,000 a month. Revelation's gone all of a sudden. Why? Because I got to give more. And God's saying, but I started here and I trusted you here. And now you don't trust me when you get here, but I'm the one that got you there and trusted you when I got you there. Come on, man. Said, narrow is the man. Thank you. St. Augustine said, narrow is the mansion of my soul. Enlarge it, Lord, that you may enter in. Enlarge my soul, God, that you may enter in. The capacity of the human soul and the capacity that we possess as simple human beings is not enough room for a big God. So we have to ask God, Lord, first, enlarge my soul. Just the fact that Jabez prayed the big prayer he prayed tells me that he had a big capacity in his soul. And when I talk about a big capacity, I've said this in the previous weeks. Rather than pay, asking God, pay my electric bill, God, give me enough to pay several other people's as well. That's enlarged praying. God, I'm not asking you just to meet my needs. I'm asking you to help me meet other people's needs. That's enlarged praying. We don't ask God to grow Mosaic Church so that we can impress the world. We ask God to expand and enlarge Mosaic Church so we can impact the world. Amen. And there's a difference. In America, we're about impressions. How people are going to perceive us. How does my home look? How does the car I drive look? We're looking at impressions saying, God, but I want to be able to impact people. I don't want to impress people. I want to impact lives. The only reason I want more people watching and more people in the house is because I feel like our church has this capacity and this call to enlarge people. So we have to be enlarged. We want to touch more people. Some people say, well, you know, numbers shouldn't count. But an old pastor friend of mine says, we count people because people count. That's the whole purpose. Just think about if each one of us in here today ask God, God, enlarge my, my influence so that I can influence people to receive your love, your grace, your mercy. Enlarge that. Enlarge my ability, God, to turn the other cheek, to go the extra mile, to give my coat, not just my shirt. That requires enlargement. I can only suspect that Jabez had a heart for more than just himself, or God wouldn't have answered his request. We often ask God for things that God wants to give us, 
But once we get those things, how will we steward those? How will we respond to those? How will we help others through those avenues? It's very important that we see beyond today, even though we need to live in the moment, this moment will affect eternity. The choices we make, the decisions we make, people are watching that you don't know are watching, that I don't know are watching. They're difficulty to the pain. How do you respond to pain? You ever thought about it? Pain is always pain. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter who you are. It's pain. And we have to continue to get bigger than the pain. We have to pray bigger than the pain. Jabez prayed a huge prayer. God, that you would bless me. and That you would enlarge my territory. Think about it this way. I'm preaching impacted. One of the smallest little names in the Bible today. We're still being impacted by one man's decision to not become bitter over what he was born into and how he was born and what his name referenced. He prayed bigger. We have to pray bigger prayers. Enlarge our prayers. God, enlarge my soul. You have to realize you were born for more than you are right now. Status quo gets easy. We get comfortable. Like I said, we oftentimes compensate rather than correct. Uh, my dad was an avid golfer. I used to golf with him all the time. He was really good. And as he taught me, there were times I had a pretty vicious slice. Matter of fact, most golfers have a vicious slice at some point in their golf life or a hook whatever hitting it straight is difficult and I remember when I was a kid I would I would line up to compensate for the slice so if I knew I was going to slice Jesse I'd line up to the left side of, of the fairway so that by the time the ball sliced it would either come to the middle or the right side but it'd be in the fairway and so I could spend my whole life compensating or my dad would say to me son you need to correct this that way you don't have to change the way you stand. You change the way you swing. And then that way you're, never always, you're not always having to compensate. But most of our lives we compensate instead of correct. Give you an example. You avoid certain people because you can't handle your response to them. You compensate by avoiding instead of. I want you to enlarge my soul so that when I'm around them, I don't feel the feelings I've always felt. Don't change them, God. Change me. Enlarge me. I don't want to have to avoid people. I don't want to have to go, oh, God, we're going to go around the block. We're going to avoid them all we can. That's what I'm talking. That's compensating. So, but I'm a good Christian. So in order to, though we all do it, I want you to go up and hug. Now, those are the times I have a talk with God and say, you're asking a little too much right now, Messiah. But this is about our soul. We have to first expand our soul. He prayed above his pain. His prayers pushed through. He didn't ask God to take the pain away. Mm, 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 mm. Told the story I was flying back from India uh, 
there were three of us that had gone over to do a conference in India. And it was really one of my very first. It was like, I think it was uh, the year 2000 because it was just before uh, 9-11 of 01. And so it was either, it was sometime before that. And I remember we were, we were flying uh, back. And I mean, it got, it got really rough. And, you know, when I say that, I got 4 million miles with American Airlines. So I've been on a few airplanes. And I rarely say it's rough. You know, sometimes turbulence is hopping. But this was so bad. And, I mean, I can't, you can't really pray out loud. You know, you're on an airplane. I want to say, ah, oh, stop it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so I'm under my breath. I'm praying. And I'm saying, oh, God, please calm the air. Nothing. I couldn't pray be it done on earth as it is in heaven, because I was in neither. Somewhere in the middle. And I mean, I'm doing everything I know to do. I'm using every verse I know to pray. I'm doing everything. It was a very emotionally painful moment. And it was like God spoke to me and said, quit asking me to take away the turbulence and start asking me to increase your faith changed everything for me because what we so often do is say God minimize or reduce the pain I'm going through thank you for entrusting me you you trust me with this pain and I'm not going to disappoint you I'm going to pray bigger I'm going to stand stronger I'm going to stay longer and I am not going to be moved by this I knew what was happening in that moment after I got off the, the years following 2000 that I would be traveling all over the world and the devil's plan would be to make me afraid to fly so I couldn't preach the gospel in Australia and India and Africa and Europe and South America. It was all a ploy to ground me. And God said, Mark, I'm enlarging you. And for you to get bigger and do what I've called you to do, you've got to trust me. Your response to pain and my response to pain is more important than we could ever imagine. Fruitful living means that during the dead seasons, we believe that that there will be leaves again and there will be fruit again. This is one of those times that right now you go outside in Oklahoma and everything's dead. There's nothing on the limbs. There's nothing uh, producing anything right now. And you could easily cut a tree down saying, well, it's not producing fruit. It's not going to be a fruitful tree. No, it's just a season. And your pain is just a season. It's not going to last forever unless you want it to. And if you want it to, it will. You can. You can make it last forever. Or you can choose. Every time I'm going through pain, there's a prize hidden in there somewhere. And there will be. You feel neglected. You feel abandoned. You feel rejected. You feel criticized. You feel abused. Whatever it is you feel. And some of those things may actually be accurate. But the reality is you have a choice. I have a choice as to how I'm going to respond. He didn't complain to God. He cried out to God and said, I want God, I want you to bless me. You know how many religious people cannot pray that prayer today because they don't feel like they deserve it and we don't, but thanks be to Jesus, we get it. It's time to quit talking about your pain, talking about your struggles and start talking to your pain and start talking to your struggles and declaring, I'm not going anywhere. 
I'm standing my ground and I'm going to stay strong and I'm not going to let pain take me under. I'm going to get over my pain. I'm going to enlarge my soul. God's going to be able to trust me with more and more and more and more. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much, uh, not for the pain, but that in the midst of the pain, you are with us. And so, God, I thank you, and I honor you, and I praise you, and I thank you, God, in the middle of pain that you are present. You said you would never leave us, and you would never forsake us. Lord, there is a prize in the midst of our crisis right now, and we're going to find that prize. Whether that is we're going to mature, we're going to learn to love at all times, we're going to learn to extend grace and mercy. And God, in the midst of whatever difficulty, we're determined. We're determined to trust you as Jabez is. We're determined to pray large prayers bigger than our pain. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, we always want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. And um, Today we want to do that. I want to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin, and I declare today you're greater than my pain. You're a great God. You're greater than my sin. And because of that, I'm forgiven. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to ask you if you prayed that prayer for the first time or prayed it to recommit your life, please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. 405-500-1310. Just text the word SAVED. Uh, it'll make a huge difference as you're texting that. It'll be the strongest text you've ever texted in your life. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.